Welcome to Living Word Ministries with director and Bible teacher, Debbie Blank. Each week, Debbie examines current events through the lens of end times Bible prophecies. Please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org. Now let's open our Bibles to focus on truths from God's Word with Debbie Blank. Do you have questions about God's plans for the future? Most of us want to know what's going to happen, especially to us, so that we can be prepared physically as well as spiritually. So we at Living Word Ministries have planned a special night to talk about current events in Bible prophecy and to answer any and all questions that you might have. I ask you and invite you to join Jan Weil and myself on Thursday, October 5th at Redeemer Church in Omaha. 13831 Industrial Road from 7 to 9 p.m. You can learn more about it on our website at livingwordministry.org. Hope to see you there. Now let's get into today's discussion. We make some pretty significant decisions in life that determine the type of life we live here on earth. I was thinking of my son, who after he graduated from college, he went to work for a company that transferred him to another city. When he was there, he had to make the decision what church he was going to attend, which he did, and it was there he met his wife. So all of those decisions culminated in my two grandchildren. (laughs) We also have to consider in life, are we going to live honorably or dishonorably, obey the law or not follow it? Those are decisions that each one of us make and so many others every day that affect the quality of life we have or just simply the life we have here on earth. But what about the life we're going to live in eternity? Do you ever think about that? Did you know that what we do here on earth will determine where and how we spend eternity? I'm Debbie Blank, encouraging you to listen carefully today so you can make the right decisions here on earth because those are going to affect you for all eternity. And I'm co-host Jackie Sailors. When you are faced with difficult decisions, don't you just wish you could see into the future and know all the possible consequences so that you could avoid disastrous pitfalls and take advantage of every great opportunity? But alas, we're only human, with no power of our own to see into the future. The best we can do is weigh the pros and cons and also weigh the cost of doing nothing at all, because doing nothing can be especially costly too. In fact, when it comes to decisions about salvation and eternal life, Doing nothing will have eternal consequences. So what questions do you need to ask and answer to make this most important decision of your life? We're going to start with some of those questions or comments so that we can each think them through. And the first one is that our eternity is determined in this life, not after death. There are people that believe that after death, everyone's going to eventually go to heaven. And there's others who believe that If you die and don't go to heaven, you can pray your way or work your way or suffer your way into heaven eventually. But that's not the case. The Bible says that the determinations we make on this life for our relationship with Jesus is what will determine eternity. The fact of the matter is, if we're not desiring or willing to live our life for God in this life, why would we want to in the next? Once people arrive in eternal hell, everyone's going to want to relocate to heaven. Who wouldn't? Because hell is a horrible place, as described in Scripture. But oftentimes they want to get to heaven because of their discomfort, not because of any relationship they want to have with God. 
and heaven is all about God. That's where he's going to be. We're going to be with him. He's going to reign on his throne. If you read the last two chapters in Revelation, you can get a good look at what heaven's going to be like. And it's all about being there with God. So we have to realize that decision is made here on earth because after death, everyone would choose to go to heaven, but it's too late at that point. The other thing we need to know is that our eternity is not determined on how well we follow our religion. I know a lot of people that are staunch followers of every aspect of their religion. Now understand that religions are established to draw us to God, but they're also man-made. So not everything they say or lead us to do is accurate. And certainly following our religion isn't going to get us to heaven. It may draw us to God. It may not. But Jesus is not going to say to us when we get to heaven, what religion were you? Because that's not the most important thing to him. There's hundreds of religions and each one of them teach different things. And each one of them believe in different gods because we don't all follow the same God. I think a lot of people think if they follow their religion, whatever the religion is, they don't really need to test it. It's something maybe they've been born into or it's been convenient and they just follow it. And they go through the rituals. They have good attendance. They give. They do good things. Whatever project is going on, they might volunteer for it. But they've never really tested the doctrine They really don't know for sure one way or the other if what they're standing on is true. And so people can go on blissfully in their lives, just living their lives out and not really knowing whether they've made the decision that they need to make for salvation. I'm glad you mentioned doing good works in your religion, because there are a lot of people that believe that by doing good works or being a good person, that will automatically get us into heaven. Well, our eternity is not determined on how good a person we are. If you consider Warren Buffett, he is well-respected all around the world. He's a man of integrity, as I understand it. And yet, when someone wrote him one time and asked what his religious beliefs were, his response, and I can't remember exactly what the letter said, but it was either that he's an agnostic or he's an atheist. It was one of those two. So this good man doesn't have a relationship with God, nor does he apparently want one. Remember, hell's paved with lots of good intentions. And we don't want to be one of the people that is going to be paved with. Then we realize that there is a hell. Some people say there isn't or that it's only temporary. But the scripture is full of examples of what hell is like. And many people are going to be there. Consider 2 Thessalonians 1, 8, 9. That tells us that God is going to deal out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That gives us a hint right there of what we need to get into eternity is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. That's eternal hell. So there is one and there's also a heaven and the heaven is where we want to go. The bottom line to all of this is that our eternity is based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Pure and simple. Once we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then because we have the spirit inside of us, we are led to do the works that God calls us to do, the good things for the kingdom of God and to do them here on earth. But it's not those good works that get us to heaven. It's our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So it's so important to realize the relationship comes first. He's the one who was on the cross, who took the punishment for our sins. Believing on that and accepting that is what we have to do. It's not a work of ours. None of our works can get us to heaven. But there are works that are good works to do. So it's kind of confusing sometimes, I think, to people. If you want to be a good person and do good works, they just kind of think that must mean you go to heaven. But you said the good works come after the salvation. The salvation comes, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and dwells in you, and then you get the call as to what the Lord would want you to do. And your motives, instead of being motivated by feeling good, because it does feel good to to do good things, or instead of being motivated by looking good, getting an award for giving the most money for something or devoting the most hours to something, you actually are motivated by the kingdom of God and doing what is of eternal value. Now, there's lots of good people that do lots of good works that don't have a relationship with God. And they do them because they're taught that as children to give and to support your community. Keep in mind, you can't make a decision as to whether you're going to heaven on your good works. And we need to go back to the time of Adam and Eve. When we talk about a relationship with God, he created mankind to have a relationship with mankind. He wanted that with us. He didn't need us. Mankind offers nothing to benefit God. And yet he loves us and he chose to have that relationship. But unfortunately, Adam sinned. We're told in Romans 5.12, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. We know that also in Romans 3.23 that tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So God desired a relationship with man, but man sinned, breaking that relationship. So in order to restore that relationship, God had to do something. We're told in Romans 5, 8, what he did. It tells us there that God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us so much that he gave of himself to die on the cross for us. But that's not enough. We have to do something in order to receive that. That's where our faith comes in. In Romans 6, 23, we're reminded that the wages of sin is death. So the sin of Adam that we inherited, that means eternal death for us. The only way not to have that death is through believing in Jesus who died for our sins. That passage again goes on to say the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the only way we can have eternal life is through Jesus Christ. When it says the wages of sin is death, That's what we earn. We earn those wages by the sin that we commit in our lives. Without Jesus, without him paying that penalty for us, that's what we get. That's what we have earned. It is a free gift from God. It's nothing we can earn. It's nothing we can deserve. It's something he has given us freely. And we need to realize ourselves that we're sinners. And we need that free gift. And we do that by repenting. Jesus told us, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand because we need to recognize our sinners and repent of our sins. That's why we're told in Romans 10, 9, that we're to confess with our mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and then we shall be saved. When we confess Jesus as Lord, we're recognizing that we're sinners and we need a savior and the only savior is is Jesus Christ. 
No other person ever died for the sins of mankind. And no other person was resurrected from the dead to conquer death so that we can then spend eternity with God. The question is, have we confessed with our mouth Jesus as Lord? Do we put him as the master of our lives? And do we believe that God raised him from the dead? Because Romans 10.10 then says, For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness. Believing is recognizing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when we do that, we are not righteous, but we are righteous in Jesus Christ. And then it tells us, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. That's why when people commit their lives to Jesus Christ, it's important to tell people because we confess with our mouth that Jesus is our Lord and that shows people that he's number one, that we've been saved, that we entrust our lives to him. We can trust him because Romans ten thirteen says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow, that is just so easy that you think it's too easy. I need to work my way to heaven or I need to follow my religion. Or I need to do something because we're used to being worker bees. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by God's grace have you been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works that no man should boast. Did you catch that again? That's the second time we've seen that salvation is a gift of God. And here we understand in this passage that it's totally by God's grace. But we do have to have faith in Jesus Christ to make him Lord of our lives. It's not just an automatic. Everyone's not going to be saved. It has to be those who make a commitment to Jesus Christ. When we realize our sin and the actual depth of it and our helplessness, to get ourselves out of it. Haven't we tried over and over again to just not repeat that sin or not do that ever again? And it just seems like we we fail a lot. And so when we know that we're helpless in our sins, but we do have a Savior, that humbleness, that ability to be teachable and to realize that we need a Savior and that Jesus is our Savior, that's our key to eternal life. So our immediate benefit is to pass from judgment into hell and to salvation and a future in heaven. Yes, and that's why Paul told the jailer in Philippi in Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. We also learn in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 12, there's salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven except Jesus Christ that has been given among men by which men must be saved. Jesus said that in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is our mediator. Because he's God and he died for our sins, he paid the price for us. So all we have to do is believe in Jesus. Pretty simple. It's not a difficult thing, but it is giving our lives over to him, and we're pretty self-independent people. We don't want to do that. We want to do what we want to do instead of following Jesus. But that decision has to be made here on earth. If we wait too long, we don't know how much time we have. And if eternity comes before we've done that, it's too late. 
I've heard about this exercise that statisticians use in business to make decisions, and it has to do with an alpha error and a beta error. And one has to do with the consequences of choosing something that's not true, and the other has to do with the consequences of not choosing something that is true. So if we apply this to believing in Jesus Christ, the consequences of believing in Jesus and finding out he wasn't the truth, it wasn't true, or the consequences of not believing in him if it is true, it could be a pretty simple exercise if you realize what you give up. If you believe in Jesus and it ends up not being true, then you live a godly life. And then there's nothing at the end of that. There's no eternity. So that's the chance you take. You may give up a lifestyle that could actually lead you into trouble and live a godly, clean lifestyle and have a good life. But if you don't choose Jesus, if he is true, as we believe the Bible is true and he is the Savior, then what do you miss out on? So what are the benefits here on earth to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, one is, you already mentioned it, and that is receiving the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told his disciples that they were to wait because he had something special for them. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and the remotest parts of the earth. So the Holy Spirit was promised to them, and we know from Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was given to them to indwell them. The Holy Spirit is God. By having a relationship with Jesus Christ, God lives within us. We are the temple of God. Of course, Scripture tells us that each one is given. That means each one who's believed is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each person, each believer receives the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's the one whom God sends to us in Jesus' name so that he can teach us all things. According to John 14, 26. So there's nothing we can't know or do by having God living inside of us if we're willing to seek him and follow him and obey him. When you talked about people hesitate to give up their former lifestyle because it's what we know and we think that's what we want. But when the Holy Spirit enters our lives, he changes our hearts. Our desires change and he gives us in place of all of those other things, love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruit of the Spirit. Who wouldn't want that for themselves and for the common good? Perhaps that's what Jesus meant in John 10, 10, when he said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. We have life here on earth with him, and we have eternal life to look forward to. And in the meantime, we have all of those attributes that you just read, that are the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, 22. Who wouldn't want those? Perhaps the best of all is we are children of God. We can call God our Abba Father. And if we have God as our Father, what good thing does he not want to give us just as we on earth want to give good things to our children? It also means as children of God, we're part of God's kingdom. It's something we can look forward to and it's a promise that we have. In Galatians 4, 6, and 7, We're told that because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. I'd much rather be an heir into God's kingdom than an heir into Bill Gates's or Warren Buffett's or anyone else's, because that's temporary. But God's relationship is eternal. 
And speaking of that, there's all kinds of eternal benefits that we are promised. And we're going to talk about those next week, but we just want to touch on them a little bit. First of all, we're promised heaven. That's the most important thing. First Peter 1, 3 through 5 tells us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Catch that? We're born again. That's that spiritual rebirth that we have. When you're born the first time, it's physical. When you're born again, that's spiritual. We're born again to a living hope. What is that? It tells us in verse 4. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Wow, I've got a reservation, a permanent reservation in a special mansion that Jesus is holding for me in heaven where he is and where we will be able to see God the Father. Bible tells us that nobody has ever seen God the Father and yet we're going to be able to. What a blessing that is going to be. And it also tells us in 1 Peter 1, 5, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last days. You see, our salvation is three-pronged. It's a one-time commitment of our lives in faith to Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. And then it's also an ongoing way that we live our lives here on earth. Fortunately, our salvation is also eternal, and that's the hope we have in heaven. As we talk about eternal benefits, there are positions that we have in heaven due to our salvation. And rewards that we're going to receive. But you have to stay tuned next week to talk about those, because they're pretty exciting. I think most of us think if we go to heaven, we're going to sit there worshiping Jesus all day and doing nothing else, and it's going to be boring. Well, first of all, it's nothing could ever be boring with Jesus Christ. And secondly, it's nice to know that God has plans for us. He has rewards to give us for what we've done on this earth. And he also has plans for us to serve him in heaven so that we can be a benefit first in the millennial kingdom here on earth and then for all eternity. But again, stay tuned next week where we talk about our eternal rewards. For today, let's just consider the most important decision you can ever make in your life. We've talked about it. And that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't a new age type relationship. A lot of people tell me, well, I'm, I'm very spiritual. Well, I'm sorry, but spiritualness isn't going to get you into heaven. One that works their way to heaven isn't going to get there either. It's only through a faith relationship in Jesus Christ as our God, as our Savior from our sins, and as our Redeemer, and then as the one who opened the gates of heaven through his resurrection. That's what the Bible says. No other book or religion has a list of things like the Bible does that we can look forward to in having a relationship with Jesus. Once we make Jesus the Lord of our lives, we want to know him and follow him and obey him and serve him. And if we don't have those desires, then maybe we haven't committed our lives to Jesus. Because if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, we want to get to know Jesus and we want to do things for him. If we don't have the Spirit, we don't want to do those things. So today's the day to ask yourself, are you certain that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ so that you can spend eternity with him? 
it's very simple. We've walked through those Romans Road steps, which is repenting, recognizing you're a sinner and you need a Savior, recognizing that Jesus is our Savior. He's our Lord. But it's not just a mental ascent. We must do it from the heart. If you want to say that prayer right now with me, if you're ready to make sure and commit your life to Jesus Christ, you can do it with a simple prayer. But it has to be from your heart. It's not from your head. It's not just words. It's a simple, humble prayer, something like this. Heavenly Father, I know that Jesus is God, and I know that I'm a sinner, and I have no way of getting into heaven. But you gave Jesus to die on the cross for my sins to redeem me. He rose from the dead so that heaven would be open for me also. God, I want to surrender my life to you through Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I commit my life to follow him all the days of my life. Help me, God, in walking with you, because that's my goal and my desire. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. It's as simple as that. There's no perfect prayer, so it doesn't have to be what I just said. It's a heartfelt surrender to Jesus Christ. You do that, and your life will forever be changed. It will be a life that you will thoroughly enjoy on this earth. That doesn't mean we get everything we want. It means that Jesus gives us everything that he knows is best for us. It's a wonderful life to have. Are you willing to surrender to Jesus today? This is such an important decision that needs to be made, and yet people are just living their lives and maybe not at all thinking about, gee, I need to make a decision for Christ today. So what brings people to a point where they know that they need to take this seriously? Well, I think of my life. I grew up in a particular religion, and I followed my religion, at least until I got a little older, and then I followed bits and pieces of my religion. But since I was still in that religion, I thought I was a good person, and I was going to heaven because I was baptized. A lot of people believe if they're baptized, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're automatically going to heaven, no matter what they do, or pretty much no matter what they do. We're being taught the wrong information in some cases. So we walk around with this belief that I can do whatever I want and I'm going to heaven. You can't have a foot in heaven and a foot on this earth. It's all or nothing. But people think that because that's what they're taught. And then other people think, well, I just am enjoying life and I'll turn to God when it's time to die. Well, we don't know when it's time to die. Our lives could be struck like that in an accident or a heart attack or anything. We don't know that we have another moment to live. And then the other aspect is, if we're waiting, what are we waiting for? We're waiting because we're selfish. We're focusing on us, not focusing on God. And how can you truly have a relationship with God if you're not willing to focus on him? Then the bottom line to all of that is, we're very selfish people. We want to do what we want to do, and we want to have what we want to have, and we just think that we deserve to have God take us to heaven when we die. It's that mentality that is so wrong. When you know the truth about God and of Jesus Christ, when you know the words of God in his word, the Bible, then you know the truth. We're being fed a pocket of lies in our religion, in our culture, After all, our culture's even taken God out of the culture, and certainly Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of misinformation designed to mislead us and to take us away from the truth of God and his word. There's only one plumb line, 
And that's the word of God. Religions may have their catechisms or their book of Mormons or whatever they follow, but there's only one truth. And that is the word of God. And it is that word that you and I talk about and teach from, because that is the truth. And when we know the truth, that truth will set you free. Thank you for joining us today on Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank. This is a listener-supported show. If you'd like to support this program or contact Debbie Blank, you may do so at P.O. Box 540-003, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154, or visit our website at livingwordministry.org. Please tune in each week at this same time for Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank.